Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast, where we listen into a group of rural firefighters as they give their opinions on the challenges they face both on and off the fireground. We release a new episode every week, so please hit that subscribe button, leave us a rating, and share this with your fire family and friends. Now on to this week's episode, where as always, we ask the question, are you DTFF? Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast. That My was name evil. is. That was what was what? Spin around. Hello, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's no camera, they can't see that. Not <laughs> telling them. I was evil. evil. <laughs> Tonight, I am joined by two members of my firefighting family. I have Scott. Hey. And I have Ash. Hello. And we have no Todd. Where's Todd? Need a bald cat. He ate a bald cat. No, no, you need a bald cat. I need a bald cat. Yeah. I do. Right. Oh, like Doctor Who. Yeah. No, Todd is, is not a bald Doctor cat. Either. He's bald. Bald. <laughs> He's a bald dad. <laughs> He's a bald cap. Timelessly. Cut Todd's head next to his And on with the news. <laughs> He's studying an FBA, actually. That's where Todd is. He is, actually. He's oh, yeah, a test. Yeah, yeah, He's doing a bunch of yeah. tests. Yeah. 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 Oh, good for him. Good for Todd. Yeah, Better for him you. than us. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I support you in all your endeavors. <laughs> what you got for Scott? Um, well, there was an explosion in Beirut today. Only a little one. Yeah, that was uh, pretty crazy. I remember uh, <laughs> I turned it on this morning and was like, oh, look at this. A little bit of fire, a little bit of smoke there, a little bit of... Whoa! Yeah. Some giant, like, shockwave mushroom cloud thing rips through the entire mm-hmm. port and half the city. <clears throat> yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty crazy. So um, what, what was the building? Yeah. It keeps changing. Yeah. It changes by the... So at one point it was a fireworks... Factory storage, or storage. No, a storage facility. And it's on the port, so maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, the one of the generals came on and said, well, no, he goes, any any idiot could tell it was not just fireworks because, mm-hmm. you know, you could tell it's like high explosives that went off. So then he said, no, it's where we stored confiscated high explosives. I don't know. Uh-huh. We get, I don't know from where or whatever. Um, it is kind of a war torn area, so obviously. So mm-hmm. so that's where it stands right now. As, right. Of, as of this day at this time, that's the story that everyone's saying is it was a mm-hmm. storage facility. Did they say what caused the, the actual fire? Was it? No. A drone bomb. Well, someone said that. Somebody said that. Yeah, well, somebody no said idea. that one. That was a... Yeah, there's, there's lots of speculation. There's a lot of speculation, yeah. for sure. Yeah, obviously, certain people don't like other people in that country, in that area, and mm. <laughs> but without speculating, it's yeah. we don't know what started the fire originally. Mm. Um, right now, they're at the death toll is 78, and thousands are injured. Yeah. 78 for something like that? Like, yeah. Looking at the sheer size of the building and then the devastation afterwards, I mean, it seemed like there could have been... I'm, I'm sure it'll go up, but... Tons, tons, tons. Yeah, yeah. I, I think in the next coming days, we'll, we'll definitely have, have some more that fall because of it, but... Uh, <clears throat> I think some of those will be firefighters as well, obviously, because they were responding to the initial fire. Right. Um, yeah, so there... Yeah, we were... I know uh, one reason why we posted it on our site was to talk about how would you size that up? How would you deal with that? Because mm-hmm. obviously you don't know it's going to explode, so we would be responding. Yeah, absolutely. Well, be I think Especially if it was kind of a secret <laughs> holding area. That's what I was going to comment on. So if you don't know what's in there, you know it's just a warehouse building on the port, it could be it could be anything. Yeah. But unless you know it's high <laughs> explosives, mm-hmm. then you could say that, well, I mean, you have to treat every building like it's high explosives. Well, you can't. You can't. Stage 10 blocks away and launch water at the thing. Do a structure fire somewhere. Yeah. Right, yeah. so there's a bit of that. So they probably did, you know, treat it with some caution. <clears throat> um, 
but they, I'm sure they had no idea what level it was about to happen. No. So, we have one comment from uh, from a follower of ours, Jake Elliott, and he said that at least ten firefighters were missing, according to the city governor, uh, who said the scene reminded him of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Right? Like ten firefighters missing. That was again. That was a, like that was seven hours ago when we initially hit yeah. the post up. So. I don't know what we're posting stuff on there, but I was watching one of the news sites. I don't know if there's a picture here. Um, there's actually there's a bunch of cars that were on a um, like they were flipped over, but they were on the barrier of the highway. Mm. But the blast was on on the side, on the downside, like closer mm-hmm. to the cars. So it's as though the cars got sucked back in. Oh, oh yeah, from the back blast or whatever. I've seen that. Yeah, so I've seen that on videos of nuclear. So they didn't get blown away. They got sucked into the, into the... As the blast rose, it needed to suck air. Yeah, suck the air. Oh, that's crazy. Because there was two cars that were flipped over, and I was watching with another guy, and I'm like, well, the smoke's coming from over there, so that doesn't make any sense, unless they got... Either unless it got tossed in the air, and both happened to land exactly like that, which didn't make any sense, or they both rolled the way they they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Crazy. Crazy. Well, again, you know, it, we hope that the death toll stays... You know, low any any death toll with any of these things is always uh, not good, and uh, but we hope it continues to try and stay as, as low as it can as it as it progresses forward. So we'll see, and we hope that the firefighters are found alive and alive and well. Um, let's move on with what we were going to talk about. So we were going to be talking about <clears throat> recently um, a member of ours. <coughs> Jay, who you have seen on our throwback video, mm-hmm. uh, he came up with that idea. Great idea. Uh, he was uh, he, he had another great idea, <laughs> which was dig a big hole and fill it with water so we can pour stuff in it and and uh, bury cars and all sorts of stuff. It is a brilliant, brilliant prop, um, and uh, we've already got a lot of good use out of it and tested some things that were that have kind of really opened the door. So I'll throw it over to you boys, and they're able to take it first for one minute, and then we'll go from there. Uh, so yeah, I, I'll, I'll start. I think Scott can finish as you uh, sort of elevated, like when you guys were there, you kind of capped the training on a more hands-on uh, yes. approach. Um, so as we've spoken before, we generally try to do three rotations every month. So uh, the start of the the start of the month saw um, Scott, myself, and we brought Todd up to do. Um, the new COVID protocol CPR, which I think we talked talked about on, on here. So that's a whole bunch of hands only, um, you know, cover the patient's mouth, blah, blah, blah. So that's what we were on the first week. Second week, um, Scott stayed there and I popped over to this water, uh, rescue with a couple vehicles in, uh, Jason's Pit of despair. Pit of despair, exactly. <laughs> that we've that's his bride, pit of despair. It, it's been... <laughs> that has been... Coin. Yeah. Uh, so it's really neat. It, uh, we've, we've got two full-size vehicles in there. Uh, one of them can be submerged uh, within inches of its roof. So it'll sink where it'll rest on its wheels. And if you had a patient inside, which I believe we did this, this yeah. past week, um, there's just, just enough to uh, um, still have oxygen. So you're not drowning, but that you got inches. And then the other one was sort of a rollover on its side. So there's going to be some challenges for stabilization. So from what I've seen, the first couple of weeks, uh, it was more of an orientation on 
the training facility, sort of a verbal talk, hey, how can we do this? We did train, um, I don't know what it's called, like a ladder drawbridge. I, I don't know. Yeah, that, I think it's a ladder drawbridge. Te- technical term it. is of it, yeah. but uh, that's ladder drawbridge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty neat. We actually put up a, a picture on our on our Facebook and Instagram that I was I was trying to remember how you tied off the pike pole to the ladder and use that as your anchor point to lower it down. Uh, so you saw that with a pen and a ruler. <laughs> but yeah. so we tried to show show that and talk about how that could work when when we would use these things. Uh, and then this past week, uh, the boys um, kind of put it all together uh, and gave the last group uh, some really good hands-on. So I'll let you take the last week's rotation. Yeah, I think, uh, to step back for a minute, when uh, Jay came to me, or came to us, I guess, in mm-hmm. the training section, we were having a meeting, and uh, I said, what do you guys want to do in July? Well, actually, I think he said, I said, what do you guys want to do in the next few months? Yeah. And Jay said, uh, I'd like to do a water rescue out of a, out of a like, or a car, uh, car rescue out of water. I said, okay. I said, well, because so we've went over this before. I said, it's pretty hard to drop a car into a, into like a, a river or a body, or, of yeah, water. A body without getting like a special car bit built. Mm-hmm. Um, just because we contaminate things possibly. And, yeah. You know, we don't want to disturb uh, fish habitats and all that kind of stuff. So then he said, well, so, so I said to him, well, I said, well, if you want to build something, go ahead and build it at the training ground. Because we have... Fair amount of open area. And uh, I went down two weeks later. <laughs> this massive pit was there. I'm like, awesome. <laughs> this is happening. <laughs> yeah. it, it was actually very big at the time. And then uh, he said, no, it'll go It'll go a lot smaller. Because what he did, he got some uh, old um, tarps and stuff mm-hmm. and and lined it. And then uh, put like rocks back over it to, to yeah. thin that stuff down. So it ended up being a lot smaller, which is perfect. It's a, like actually, it's a perfect size. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so the idea was to put some vehicles in there. Um, we weren't sure we were going to or- orientate them at first, but it ended up being we had one car on its side, s- slightly out of the water, like, like on the bank. Mm-hmm. So how would we stabilize something without it sliding? Like s- set it up so it's stable, keeping in mind that it could slide into the water more, or it could tip over, and if it tipped. Um, it would be much worse because it could fall on its roof. Now it's underwater. So we that was one of the options we talked about, um, using some V-struts and maybe even the winch to secure it in place, that sort of stuff like we talked about. And then the other one, like I said, it's uh, on its wheels in probably, what, four feet of water? Yeah. yeah about four feet of water. And uh, <laughs> there was some debate because when we actually did go in the water, um, it was actually floating, and Matt was like, that's not floating. And we were like, no, it's Totally, like it's floating. The trunk floats. Like from the trunk end, it floats. The trunk was totally full of water, but there's enough buoyancy in cars that they'll float a little bit. So, mm-hmm. so that was good to know because obviously, if an accident occurs in a, in flat water, which is what we were in, there's a good chance it'll float away on us, or at least you know float in deeper water kind of thing before it possibly sinks more. So, so that stuff I found. That, first of all, I found that was good to know, and then we. Um, on the particular night when I was there, we, we had two n- new guys who hadn't seen any, any water rescue stuff. So we, we talked about uh, the PFDs on the truck. Um, I said, you know, this is a fairly unique um, thing. This doesn't happen all the time. Um, but it does happen around here. Um, it's happened a few times. We never had, I don't think we've ever had to cut anybody out. But we've had to go into to either a swamp or... Or uh, one of the one of the dikes, or mm-hmm. into, into the river. Not when I've been on, but we went. Yeah, there's those been oxbows. Yeah, you know, oxbows. Um, there's a couple lakes. 
so there is a possibility of it happening. So um, I think we wanted to do the, um, when you know the way broadly, you'll see it in all things. Um, so it was float, it was in the water, but basically we went in, donned the PFDs, donned the uh, helmets, went in. Um, first thing we did was stabilize the patient. So we picked his head up out of the water and we hold him there. And then we were talking about how to extricate. So we were curious to see what was going to happen if we started using extrication tools. First of all, how effective are they underwater? We've heard they're pretty effective, and they are. So we pulled the extrication tools. They're, they're um, hydraulic. They're not battery operated. So we we did a simple door pop. That was pretty cool because you can't hear. Normally when you're doing extrication, you can hear like, and you kind of can tell when something's about to pop because you can hear about it. different sounds the door's making or whatever you're cutting. Couldn't tell in this case until the wood door went dunk, and you see it slowly open underwater. So that was pretty awesome, mm -hmm. uh, just using the spreaders on the door. And then we extricated the patient. We just kind of um, floated him out into the, into the water and then kind of supported him. And, and I'm, I'm going to lie here. We didn't support it very well because he actually sunk in the water. <laughs> <laughs> but it was actually a scenario we were doing. A, it was a training evolution. So we kind of like floated the dummy to the side and just left him there because it was more of a skills-based thing. Explaining to the uh, rookies how, basically, this is AutoX. The only thing different is we're underwater right now. Right. So, yeah, the tools were underwater. Everything was underwater. We were not underwater. We were, you know. Um, waist height. Waist height, yeah. 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 I think a really good thing to mention as well. So, we talk about we can't drop these things into water, like, out in the wild. We did pull out, like, we drained all the fuel, mm -hmm. drained all the liquids. We removed the engine and transmission. Uh, disposed of those things. Mm. Um, so the car was prepped. Um, yeah. So we weren't putting any, like, foreign fuel, yeah. foreign oil. Yeah, I think there was a little bit, but it would, it would be more, yeah. it would be such a minuscule amount. Like that, a spill. More yeah, than yeah, yeah, like a very <laughs> minuscule amount, but it would probably, yeah, sure. I wouldn't want to put that in a, in a drinking water thing. No, yeah, for sure. But, yeah, so in a yeah. in a controlled environment, yeah. it's very, yeah, it's maybe very a good. little bit of fuel left in the tank. Like, you're not going to get yeah. everything. Yeah, no, but, uh, you know, making the effort to get all that stuff out of there, yeah. um, even for our training facility, because uh, that's still going to, that water's going to go somewhere eventually. Yeah. So, uh, taking every precaution. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it was. It looks like a fun one. Mm -hmm. It looks like a really fun one. I didn't get around into the rotation on that one last time because it was away from one of the weeks. But yes, it was smoking hot too, so mm -hmm. it felt good. It was like forty degrees, so ninety-eight Fahrenheit. <laughs> Did you test that as well? The uh, the buoyancy and underwater proficiencies of the of BAs. The yeah. So one thing we've done we've done this before is use the BAs underwater, but um, and actually I didn't realize Matt had <laughs> Matt had taken one. Home on the weekend once and did it. Because <laughs> he was there, he's like, he goes, oh, no, just purge a lot. I'm like, were you at the practice last time when we did this? He's like, no, I might have taken one of the spare ones. Like, what, you have training ones? One of the training ones to the lake once <laughs> just to test it. And he said, yeah, just purges. Which it does. It, you know, the positive pressure just... So we put Carrie in it, and she was all for it. So um, we submerged her. Um, she did have her um, PFD on and a CBA. So she was very, very buoyant. Mm -hmm. um, if anyone who scuba dives knows, you need weights on to, to go down. And so she was not sinking. So mm -hmm. at one point, I had to like force her head, <laughs> force her down, <laughs> and almost step on her <laughs> to keep her down. Um, which was, she was all for. Because we wanted to test um, test it out. And it would be more definitely like an emergency thing. So we're not going to hunt for, you know, buried treasure with it or, <laughs> or right. you know, body recovery or anything like that. It was more for that scenario where 
maybe the patient's feet are trapped mm -hmm. and we can't untangle them by like yanking on them. We had to like reach down, maybe yep. get a tool in or figure out a way to get in there. And a couple quick moments of work, not... Yeah, it was too deep for us to reach down with our hands. Mm -hmm. um, so we put Carrie in and basically held her under so while she could feel around. She said, yeah, I could feel right into the wheel well or the footwell. Yeah. Um, she probably feel around the pedals. We were on the passenger side. So Did she mention much about visibility? She said she couldn't see anything, and the fact that the, the bubbles were coming up, she said it was yeah. definitely more like close your eyes and use your hands. But that'd be something you wouldn't be able to do for long if you just had to hold your breath. So Yeah, so she's down there. She can work blind, yeah. but she can feel around and see. Yeah, yeah she can totally breathe. Yeah, mm -hmm. That's cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we did that, and then we went to, we practiced the, the drawbridge mm -hmm. thing. Um, there's some talk on when, when and how we could use that. Um, yeah, the drawbridge was, was pretty cool. What did uh, what did you come up with for for when when to use it? Because I know in one of the scenarios we have Rob stood on top of the yeah. vehicle, and they were lowering the ladder down. Um, and on the first initial try there, I noticed on one of the videos as well. Obviously, mm -hmm. the thing goes off; it kind of rears off to the the left as it fell, mm -hmm. and then afterwards we had, okay, we'll add some guide ropes in, and that yeah. helped obviously fix mm -hmm. alleviate that issue, which was perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was a lot more controlled on that second yeah. second rotation. I think some of the things we were talking about, because there's, there's a lot of videos of people in floodwater, mm -hmm. and they managed to get out of their car. Yeah. And they managed to stand on the roof or get on you know the hood of their car. And uh, I think that would be very useful there, because a lot of times it's, it's right Close near to. where the responders need to go. Mm -hmm. But to go into floodwater, because one of the last things you're supposed to do is, is, make a, is go out. And do a hands-on rescue. You're supposed to, you know, you're supposed to throw, or sorry, you're supposed to reach, throw, and then go. Um, so, <clears throat> this is kind of the reach. This is taking the reach to an extreme. We can lower a, you know, a thirty-foot ladder down. So we got a pretty good reach. We yeah. can lower it right down the on the roof of their car. One one of us can go out there, PFD, put PFDs on everybody, and have them actually cross the ladder. Yeah, they're self-rescuing themselves on yeah. the bridge that we just supplied, yeah. which is really good. Um, you know, still have all the backup. Like mm -hmm. if someone was falling, we'd still have swimmers and everything. But it would definitely, it's a it's a longer rescue, but it's it's I think it's a safer rescue overall. It, it is safe. <clears throat> yeah, like when, once it's out and set, I think one thing to really make mention of, it's easy for for me on most scenes where I can judge distance mm -hmm. and the gap that you have to shoot and blah blah blah. It was really difficult to judge ladder straight up and down when yeah. you're rigging it to how far that's going to be leaning over. We thought we had, by eye, because that's all you really have, okay, we're going to be, I don't go up another couple rungs, tick, 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 tick. Okay, I think we're going to be, like, healthily there. And it, like, just got there. Yeah. So, I mean, that's something, if we're going to try to pull that out, having these times where you can look at it, test it, and, you know, extend another rung or two just, just to be on the safe yeah, side. Yeah, because, better overshoot than under. Yeah. You know, Knowing your equipment, um, that was a, a really good learning point for for me, because um, I thought for sure we were going to be there and then some, and we were like just there. Yeah. Cheap little laser tool, mm -hmm. yeah, Cheap little right. Laser measure, and I got one on my forest pack. Mm -hmm. Well, and with now with all the the uh, battery stuff that we're keeping on the rescue truck, it'll be like that truck would be on any sort of call like that anyway. Yep. Uh, Having. Um, cheap Milwaukee's if you want to sponsor us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, range finder, something, something like that would be great. 
I mean, that ladder goes up and down pretty fast. Oh, she you does. Could, you could go down. Oh, once once you're rigged up, up you, you could yeah. yeah, you got to raise it again. Yeah. yeah. It is a pain. But. Just for the, the yeah. 30 seconds would have been to do. Okay. And then just a tape measure. Yeah, or just put your hand right at the end of the ladder, right? You have to untie or move the... Yeah. Yeah. You go retie off. Yeah. So, yeah, it looked it looked pretty good. And it... Yeah, like I saw the video that you sent through there, Ash, it made yeah. a lot of sense. Like, mm-hmm. And we had seen it before, and actually the first time we had brought it up was uh, Matt had actually brought it up for us. Yeah. So we were all, it was when we had the big fires, we were all kind of hanging out at the hall waiting to see what the next call was going to be as the, the kind of fire was up on the mountain. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of all stood around making sure the trucks were good and making sure everything was prepped. And that was when it was brought up. Yeah. Well, he had actually shown it at the spring seminar. One year, mm-hmm. he was with uh, one of our. He was with the water rescue guy that teaches us from Western Rescue Canada. Canada, yeah. And they were, you know, and, and that session is all about the session they teach is all about options because, you know, there's a river. A lot of guys that, you know, guys are coming to seminar. And they're not bringing their swim trunks with them, and they're not wearing their um, dry suits and stuff. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it's it's about shoreline options. So one of the things was Matt came up with this. Um, we're trying to find someone else that does it, but it sounds like he was his thing. He came up with it. Mm-hmm. Pretty pretty good. I, try, I tried to find any sort of literature, any sort of video. Yeah. I couldn't see anything. <clears throat> so, and maybe that's something that we have to shoot. It'll be the first thing that we talk about. Either that or you'll see it on Train Your Poker tomorrow. <laughs> that's generally the way. Hey, you know, we should really take a video of this. And then boom. Boom. It's on there. So look for them. To put this video <laughs> but for some reason, if they don't, maybe that's something that we can bring up because yeah. it's really cool. It is, cool. and we got the car and stuff there. It'd be a good. Yeah. We had to refill the hole. <laughs> good thing to do. Yeah, move safe in the water. Get, a, get yeah. enjoy the new tender. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there you go. So w- what that that session though it did um, got me thinking about pool rescues, um, mm-hmm. pool stuff. So I was watching my son swim at the the pool. We have an outdoor pool, and. Uh, like, not me personally, the town has no other pool. Mm-hmm. And so I was uh, watching swim, I'm like, huh, you know, we've never really uh, done any pool competency stuff here for the fire department. Um, so then it got me thinking, like, what kind of stuff and reasons for, for doing it. Um, so I started thinking, like, what can we do? We can do, um, and anyone that's listening that's on the department, we're going to be doing this soon. Um, <laughs> we can do some uh, maybe tread, uh, treading water while we swim with clothes on. To see how difficult it is. It's not so much to see how um, we how long we can do it for. It's just so we know when we see somebody out, you know, out in Pretty the water, good. how long they have before they get exhausted. Yeah. Um, when was the last time you guys took a swim in some jeans? Yeah. Uh, well, right? A couple of years ago, but <laughs> that's because I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, generally. But it is it is difficult. I can try, like, try uh, one yeah. for hours if it's yeah. swim shorts in a controlled environment. Yeah. You start throwing a sweatshirt and jeans yeah. and like work boots on, your life's going to start to suck. Well, and I've taken a couple of like rescue diver courses where um, the guys are in the water and then we have to tread water with fully clothed. So first thing you kick your shoes off mm-hmm. and then you, uh, you can time around, like you time off, time around your neck if you want to keep them. Um, Wouldn't see or do they help? Well, they just help a little bit. But the best thing is you actually take your pants off. Fill them with air. You tie the ends. Yeah. And then you flip thing. them over your head and the it fills with air. Yeah. And what it does is the water fills in the holes in the jeans enough to give you some buoyancy for, but I think it, if I remember, we lasted about 30 seconds to a minute before the air drained out. Mm-hmm. And you did it again, but, you know, a minute rest while you're trying it's to... It's better than water. trick, 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 trick. Yeah. yeah, and then that gives you more time to strip off more of your clothes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, 
Um, that's one thing I'd like to try with you guys. Uh, another thing, there was a video that one of, like, we posted this video, and then one of our um, GTFF fans, I think it was someone from GTFF, posted the uh, a video of guys down in the States doing uh, some water competency with, with SCBA on and with turnout gear. And that got me thinking, okay, well, because, like, why would we go swimming with turnout gear on? Because we train not to do, we train any, anytime we go near water, we have to take our turnout gear off. Yeah. But... How many times have we been, we've been to a fire where we come around the backside in the middle of the night and there's a pool and we don't see it? I can think of two times I've been mm-hmm. on fires where I'm like, whoa, there's a pool. Yeah. If I didn't see the pool, and I you fall in. You don't the pool with your gear. I fall in the pool with my gear. Mm-hmm. So there's some things you do. First of all, you don't do anything. You fall you fall, and you lay there and you wait for somebody to save you. Because they're showing, like, if you lay there, it's a good five minutes. You can float for, for five minutes because mm-hmm. you have so much air. But if you start panicking or trying to swim yourself, so you start doing that, all the air pockets start um, collapsing, and you yeah. start to sink, and then you get drug under. And then if you try to take your gear off while you're there, um, same thing. You're you're kind of moving. Even if you're moving slow, you're moving around. You're destroying your air pockets. Mm-hmm. So basically, they're 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 mandated to just fall in, float on your back, and lay there and be like, help, <laughs> help. Mm-hmm. And then they went so far as like now they're in the deep end. It was pretty awesome. They had a, actually had a diver. Um, they again they got the guy fully. Uh, waterlogged mm-hmm. with SCB on and he sank right to the bottom of a 10 foot pool and sat mm. there with the, <laughs> the hair going. So I wonder how long would yeah. your tank last I don't know. in a situation like that before you run out and B can you hear the bell? I don't know. Would you so, be able to sense? We could try it. I'm I'm willing to bring my scuba gear with me mm-hmm. and it depends on the pools willing to let us try it. <laughs> um <clears throat> Because it is dangerous, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. But we can do it also in, a, in, a, in the end where it's not you so deep, where up. the guy can actually grab the edge and just kind of mm-hmm. stand up. Um, and then on that side note, actually, they even said, like, what happens if, you're, if your, your mask fills with water while you're mm-hmm. over there? How do you get rid of it? And it's pretty cool. All you do is turn your perfect valve on, just, and it goes, and it drains out. It looks like, uh, you know, I, like a fish tank draining <laughs> in, your mouth, in your face. Yeah. So I'm going to try that. Really that, was good. Pretty sweet. that was really cool. I think I yeah. might be in for being a test on it. <laughs> Sounds pretty awesome. So we're going to try to aim for that on the last day of uh, the pool being open here in town. Because uh, mm-hmm. obviously we don't want to go in our <laughs> turnout gear. Even if they're clean, there's still going to be some debris and yeah, stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So that's, that's my plan. <laughs> I'm away for most of the month. but <laughs> Coming back, back for that. <laughs> Coming back for that. <laughs> and it is actually, I think, the weekend back. So. Nice. Perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, stuff that doesn't always happen but it's definitely stuff that guys should see yeah because even if we don't ever do it again we did it once and we we years from now there's you know guys are being on for a long time and they're like hey mm-hmm. i remember when this happened that all gets passed yeah. down for sure yeah yeah it's, it's just knowledge it's keeps you thinking mm-hmm. um like you say we always hammer like don't don't do it don't don't do it but just the knowledge and the thought process of you know what if mm-hmm. there's tons of you know reasons why we could end up somewhere like that yeah. and then we had a structure fire and they had a pool outside and yeah. we're clamoring up on their deck and doing a whole whole yeah. bunch of stuff right There's yeah no i literally way. almost flipped over in that pool and like yeah. I, I thought that was a fence so i started flipping over the fence and i realized as i'm going over oh there's a pool right there yeah. <laughs> so i'm like put my feet back down yeah. the fence was actually the pool edging oh. <laughs> it's an above ground mm-hmm. so probably probably wouldn't have drowned but it would have been definitely mm-hmm. waterlogged me definitely <laughs> the coolest guy there yeah yeah. (laughs) this is refreshing 
But there was a mutual aid call I remember going on. I came around the corner once in the middle of the night and didn't because you know it's, it's, we're we're assisting another agency and you come around the corner and I'm like, whoa, there's a pool right here. <laughs> and I kind of knew there was a pool because uh, I'd been to that house before, but it was like you know you, you forget and you're like, oh, there's a pool like <laughs> and just whoop mm-hmm. right into it. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, I don't know if Chief's gonna last, but if he does, <laughs> well, he's already. He's oh, already, already, already talked to him. Already talked to him. It's I'm in. Sound, sound like mm-hmm. a plan. I'm in. Yeah. Sounds like fun. Sounds like fun. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to try and test things out of the box. And again, it doesn't need to be a a, a full, like full fledged. No, it's in a certificate uh, course. Or no, we're going to spend one practice night. Exposure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, just uh, just to see. It's good to, as well. Again, we we talk about uh, what your gear can handle and the situations that you put it in, and you yeah. know. We, we live so close to lakes and things like that, and mm-hmm. water is kind of a part of where we are. Yeah. And uh, so knowing what you can and can't do and what you should or shouldn't do in situations where you do have that and whatever has happened, even if you were in the truck and the truck came off the road and went into the lake. You know, there's Absolutely. icy scenarios, man. Like, mm-hmm. we get in those, those spots, that ice is going to hold the truck. So, again, just having that knowledge to, to know what to do in those spots. Right. There's a lot of walters in this town. There's so much walters. A whole walters. lot of water. <laughs> And like obese walters too. <laughs> they're not physically fit. They're all big. <laughs> he got it now. Yes. Yeah. He just outed all the walters that we have. And then, so to move on from that, the water car thing is fun, mm-hmm. and uh, we definitely will get a video up, and hopefully we can actually do one as well with the ladder rescue at the same time. On the other side of that as well, we had a call the other evening, which uh, was very high risk in the COVID. Um, I don't know. Well, we <laughs> like, yeah, or not, but yeah. we were told that yeah, it potentially exactly. was. So I actually want to talk through that. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we're all going through uh, these COVID protocols um, basically since uh, late winter, uh, early spring. So... Uh, we've been adapting and doing a whole bunch of precautionary uh, measures when it's on call, when it's returning from call. And we, we've been fairly lucky in our department that we haven't really had any um, like real excessive exposures. We, we had one one call where like we didn't know why the gentleman had deceased, but he was. Right. So we definitely took some, some precautions there. But uh, he had already deceased, so we were just in there to assist um, with the coroner service in in that uh, in that moment, and we, we, we still took some some pretty serious steps there. Uh, this call, however, came in. Um, we don't do first responder at our department at the moment, uh, but we do uh, assist the ambulance service uh, if it's a challenging patient, if it's uh, um, if they're manpower limited for whatever reason. And this one was a challenging patient to get out of the premises. Um, just due to the uh, design of the house and the nature of uh, um, just the, the state of his health. So the call comes in and it was ambulance assist code three, which means it's, uh, we, like, we need to get there quickly and help. This guy was in a bit of a bad, bad way. Um, and they really hammered through, uh, this is COVID protocol, uh, high PPE required. So, you know, this is okay. This is the... The real deal. We def- we definitely respond to this. We're gonna go give them a hand, uh, but we had to go in there uh, with masks on, with gloves on, eye protection on, PPE. Um, myself responding direct, 
Uh, I didn't expose myself directly to the patient. I poked myself in with um, eye protection and a mask on, asked what the situation was and what they were looking for, came <coughs> back out. By the time I got back out of the building, um, the first driving truck, which was your guys' truck, was just coming on scene and basically say we need people in full PPE. Uh, we have this this guy. He's got some res- some respiratory problems, flu-like symptoms, COVID-like symptoms. Uh, we we need to trans- transport this guy quick. Um, so we got our, our guys in there, did our lift, got them out, loaded up in the ambulance. They got themselves out of there. But the real thing is what happened after that. Like we've we've shared our decon spraying. We've talked about our ozone machine. And again, this is up until this point been a. Um, like a preventative maintenance. We're mm. hoping that we haven't had any exposures. This was like go time. Like it was on our way back, Scott radioed ahead and even said like, base, we want to make sure everything's ready for us because none of these, con- you know, we didn't want any of the things that were contaminated coming back into A, the cabs. So the call was made to put all of our gear into the back of the officer truck. That's the pickup truck. Which is a pickup. So it stays in the box, exposed <coughs> air. So pants, boots, Jackets, gloves, helmets, masks, everything that went inside went in the back of the truck. So when you got into the cab, it was only the clothes that you walked into the apartment with, nothing to do with what you walked into the, the uh, residence. Um, and then we went through the process once we got back. So it was uh, it was definitely a bit of like high alert for us when it comes to like our safety and, and our member safety. Everything that we did on scene once once that was in place was just another day at the office for us. We've done this assist a thousand times. Yeah. But the first time for us, I think, with like the real thought process of we're walking in with uh, like with this COVID could very well have been present. Yeah. And we're not going to know, I guess. We, we yeah, I don't think we'll know chatting. unless uh, if, it's, if it's negative, they're not going to tell us. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it sounded like it, it looked like he had some other medical issues, but... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I feel if we actually went in, you know, and I don't know how, how this would go if, if we went in and it was confirmed a COVID case, like, mm-hmm. you know, if the person was self-isolating at home and they had COVID and they made a turn. Yeah. I, I, I was thinking about it, like, we, I I think if they would have radioed us and said, you know, this is definitely a confirmed case of COVID, I would have just put the SCBA right on. Correct. Yeah. Because, mm-hmm. honestly, like, the OZ masks are awesome, but I'm like, at the same time, they're difficult to breathe in. They're hot. Like, because oh, yeah. they're hot, because it's hot right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're not 100%, so yep. let's put an SCB on, which we know is 100%. It's 100%. <laughs> and we'll just decon that whole thing mm-hmm. when it's time. Yeah. Yeah. But this was, I, the precautions we took for this was, I think, adequate. It was that, you know, it was, it was everything we'd been doing, mm-hmm. including the spray at the end. Um, we utilized our, like, I showered off at, at the hall. Yeah. Got some clothes brought down. Yeah, I think there was not much more we could have done protect ourselves mm-hmm. short, yeah. of, short of not short of refusing not the call <laughs> yeah which apparently that's an option yeah apparently yeah, the other day, yeah. I don't know if I did I mention you didn't mention on here oh yeah the, we had uh, two when I was duty officer we had two calls the exact same moment mm-hmm. and dispatch said do you want to turn one of them down <laughs> and I was like huh <laughs> I think we're allowed to do that are we <laughs> Are you asking Ass. me if I can weigh somebody's life can right I now? Is that what you're doing? Yeah. So I said, no, we can do both. Mm-hmm. You got it. And we, yeah, it actually worked out quite well. We um, split the crew. Mm-hmm. Chief went one way, I went the other. Um, and then I, uh, again, I, I was thinking afterwards of the little Jocko stuff. I prioritized and executed because I'm like, okay, the first call, like the first thing we actually got paged to 
was it for family? Second thing we got page two was a left decision. It was almost the exact same time, but the way the calls came in, like mm-hmm. she she gave us a propane leak first, left decision second. So I was like, okay, propane leak, and I knew where it was. So I'm like, that's really close. Left decision is really far. Yeah, it's a different truck. So I radioed as I'm leaving in the duty truck. I said, this, the rescue truck, you guys go first and come out where I am at the lift assist because it is a longer haul. Mm-hmm. And you know, I knew, because I know there's going to be enough guys to staff the second truck. Yeah. And it's gonna be, it was like just down the street. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so a little bit of prioritizing and executing. Yeah, worked out well. Yep. And then we were no, barely back. Or... <laughs> yeah, and then we were barely back and got another call. Mm-hmm. The three for. <laughs> three for. It was. Yeah. yeah. Seems to be a thing. Boom, boom, boom. It was actually a four for that day. It was a four for. It was a four for. 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 Fair enough. Um, I think the fact that we and we've talked about this before, having those kind of pre-procedures on what we were going to do with COVID stuff, mm-hmm. and already having those plans in place for what we're doing with decon in the truck and things like that, right? Like making sure that. We, um, we've got those things in place. Um, and it's something we talked about at the very, very early beginning because mm-hmm. we wanted to make sure that, you know, dynamic has changed. We wanted to get mm-hmm. them back to practice as quick as possible. So we had yeah. to then come up with solutions, not just for the actual reality of the situation, but to show mm-hmm. everybody around, hey, we understand this may not look the yeah. best in the perception of us all getting back together and going to do these things, but here are all of the procedures and protocols yeah. that we've put in place to now stop or at least lessen the likelihood of transfer. Transfer, or, yeah, for you sure. Know what I mean? So it, I think it was important to have those mm-hmm. things. And again, we've shown yeah. now that we were all ready and pre-prepared for it and we got an option or yeah. an opportunity to actually mm-hmm. go through it properly. Yeah, it was. It went really well. It was smooth. Um, I think, like I've said this outside of the podcast, just as like, I, I deal with COVID every day at work. Yeah, um, yeah. Just with you know, a new procedure or whatever else coming down. Um, and we, we speak frequently about, like, where we are up until two weeks ago, we've been very lucky. Our numbers have been incredibly low. Well, and even two weeks ago, even two weeks still ago. incredibly it's low. It's still, even today, <laughs> they're incredibly low in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. But, like, everybody's freak, freaking out at the, at the onset of this in larger city centers and places that have some of these outbreaks. Um and I feel like a lot of places around us locally, the people and everything else, and like no fault to their own because we just weren't getting it, it became a little bit complacent. We were just, ah, you know what, like it's just not coming here. We're in really good shape. Everything's opened back up again. Like we've op- opened up our, our local economy. Every business is a- allowed to open now uh, with steps in place. But, you know, not saying COVID's over, but people are like, ah, COVID's over. Like we're, we're back out there, baby. Well, and then it started to come here. And the best thing about that, not the best thing about that, that sounds bad, but like the best thing for us is we've been, we had implemented this five months ago. And to the point where it's always like, is this still, like, do we still need to do this? Yeah, we do. And then this call came in and it was like everybody was dialed. So, you know, it's nice to, to be prepared. Weird. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's important. Uh, anything new add? No. I think we're good, eh? Yeah, I think we're great. Let's roll on to some shout-outs. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Ash, Legion. Legion Engineering. <coughs> um, 
you can check that out on Facebook, Instagram. Um, also has a podcast, the System D podcast, Joel Struthers. Uh, we had him on uh, for a chat uh, multiple episodes ago now. Uh, writer of the book, uh, Appel, a Canadian and a French Foreign Legion. Uh, the Legion engineered side of that is a apparel line. And every item sold, a portion of the proceeds go to PTSD awareness. So we're just out here supporting the cause. Check it out. Let's go. Stop the bleed. Um, yeah, stopthebleed.org. If you want to find a class near you, or if you want to become an instructor, look them up. Uh, three basic ways to stop the bleed is going to be direct pressure, more direct pressure. It's actually four ways. Direct pressure, more direct pressure. Uh, that's what Dr. Nick says. <laughs> direct pressure, more direct pressure, uh, wound packing, and tourniquet application. Simple, um, but effective. And take the course to save a life. Mm-hmm. Or teach a course to save a life. Yeah. yeah. And if you want to see more on that, again, head over to our YouTube channel as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can see Scott and Todd's full rundown course that they do, including a whole bunch of different scenarios as well. And you can time how long it takes me to put a bag on my head. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone else noticed, but... Now you keep mentioning it, I might yep. release no, the... you noticed, because you did a... Oh, I noticed. You did a clip of me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting! Oh, I noticed. <laughs> Again, more Princess Bride. Let's go on I think, now. Um, uh, ignition. Uh, ignition USA, uh, creators of the CRAT, the Seattle Rapid Access Tool. Um, if you want to check that out, we've got a uh, video of us when we toured down to Seattle. Had a chance to meet Jason... Uh, the founder of this tool, a uh, really good soft entry. Check that out. Uh, you can check them out at ignitionusa.us. Yep. Uh, and Facebook and Instagram. Uh, if you like what you see on our YouTube page and elsewhere, uh, DTFF 2020 gets the 20% off. And Scott Motus. Motus, uh, Snagger tool, probably what they're most famous for. But they also have the shove knife, the um, hydrant wrench, mm-hmm. door wedges, their new truck kit. Um, check them yep. out. Is it modus.ca or modus. Good question. I don't think we've ever said. No. I, don't, I don't think there's many companies called modus. There are none. So it's modus fire rescue. Yeah, look at modus fire rescue. Right? Modus fire rescue tool. Modus fire rescue.com. Modus fire rescue.com. There you go. And is it DTFF5? It is. It is. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> we say it every week, but I forget every week. Yeah. ETFF mm-hmm. 5 for a 5% discount. Yeah. Yeah. And then Barboys. Uh, Barboys Brotherhood Academy Radio Podcast. Uh, they're taking a bit of a hiatus right now just with some changes in life and such, but uh, we still love them and, and all that. So we uh, want to make sure that uh, if you haven't listened to them yet, check them out. They're on all the major social media platforms. Um, yeah. Lots of good episodes that they've got in the bank. So. Check it out, and hopefully you'll be hearing some new content coming from them soon. Good old content. Check it out. new podcast at Multiple Calls. Right. It's very interesting. Multiple well, that's not new. I mean, I think they've been, been around for a while. Yeah, it's actually yeah old. for sure. <clears throat> um, it just, uh, he was following our uh, Facebook. Mm-hmm. So I started listening to him. He's an Ontario firefighter. Correct. So check him out. Yeah. I don't even know his name. <laughs> I just listened to it. It's, it's some interesting yeah. stuff they yeah. have going on there. Yeah. Maybe we'll uh, chat him up one day. I think that would be a good a good video or a good video, a good interview to have a chat with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, we've we've got a lot of good stuff coming down the pipe. I think uh, our uh, FDNY guys we're gonna have a chat with them. Um, Autumn Clifford changing the culture. 
it's going to be a really good chat there. We might as well move to the East Coast. We have a lot <laughs> of East Coast flavor on our podcast. But yeah, sure. I'd like to find somebody local, actually, that we could have a conversation with. Mm-hmm. Well, we've, we've had a few, but... Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean Todd's like, on the podcast, though. Todd doesn't count. Oh. Like West Coast local? Todd's been, like, everywhere, so Todd yeah. doesn't count. Well, we've been Joel. We've been... Yeah. We've been... Yeah, we've had a few. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Dr. Nick? Yeah, Dr. Nick. Uh, and then Scott, finally, Tyler. What? Oh, RZ mask. Um, no, not RZ mask. Tanner. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> so you're pointing at that. The big letters. No, the big letters. Uh, big uh, Tanner. Sorry, Tanner. That's a tanker. I'm like, what? <laughs> tanker. Never get a tanker. No, uh, Tanner Olson Band. Uh, check them out. They are a country music band from the west coast of Canada. Um, check them out on Spotify. I think that's where the. I think it's the best place to listen to anybody who's on Spotify right now. Yeah. Oh, yeah, check us out there, too. Yeah, yeah check us out there. <laughs> on the Spotify, and uh, he, he has a YouTube channel where he does some live music. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, hopefully soon enough, he will be doing some actual live music where there will be people involved. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. Yep. And then we have RZ. Um, with the RZ masks, uh, we won't be getting a discount code back, it seems. Um, just too many liabilities taken from bigger companies purchasing way too many masks at a uh, reduced cost. So um, they have cancelled all codes for now until further notice. So that is off the table. But if you do want to grab one anyway, go take a look. M1 masks, F3 filters, that's what we use, that's what we like, and they're pretty good. And then we have us. Uh, We try and release an episode every week, um, as well as obviously some tone drops here and there when we see videos and things that we want to talk about. If ever you want to see us talk about a video, we've had a few requests come through and we've done them, so please just bring it up, let us know, drop us a message, and we will do uh, whatever video that you you pop up. It uh, might get released one day. It might. <laughs> it's only three weeks. I've got it as well. I know you do. It's like literally done. Um, we were here for it. We know you yeah, have it. Yeah. yeah. It's like the other one we did, like the original one. I don't remember the original one. I know. Never existed. And neither does anybody else because you... <laughs> You held on to it forever. I didn't. I actually lost it. <laughs> you piece That's of shit. That's why I asked you to send it through again. Because like, no, I did. And then when we found it, it was so it was irrelevant. So irrelevant, yeah. <laughs> well, it's for the joker. Anyway, whatever. Uh, sometimes awesome. we release tone drops. We normal. definitely record them. <laughs> <laughs> we record tone drops. But, um, you know. We just don't drop the tone. We don't always drop the tone. Um, we are on Facebook, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn. What? We're in LinkedIn. LinkedIn. What else are we? Somebody uses that still? Oh, man. It's like huge, huge, huge for B2B. I mean, I mean, Who? B2B. You wouldn't understand. B2B? <laughs> How do you be a B? B to business. What? Business to business. Oh. Mm-hmm. Huh. Anyway, regardless. We're also on TikTok. Mm-hmm. For now, until the... Uh... <laughs> until the states cancel it. Until the states cancel it. I guess we'll still be on it. Just now. Yeah, we're going to be in Canada on TikTok still. So Canada TikTok. You'll still get it. You just won't be able to see it in the States. Mm-hmm. You need like PCO Phil. And YouTube. YouTube is the... Like yeah. Netflix. YouTube's a big thing we're pushing right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you can and you would, we really appreciate it if you pop over there um, and subscribe. Drop us a comment. Leave us a like. And we definitely appreciate when you do that as well for the podcast because obviously that definitely helps us uh, with our ratings and helps get us in front of more people that are trying to look for something that they want to listen to, which is a little bit like this. So if you Mm -hmm. enjoy it, maybe somebody else will. There'll be about five of you, (laughs) including us. But uh, no, we really appreciate it. We really appreciate the uh, support as well. So thank you very much. 
Uh, any more for any more, gents? Nope. I think we're good. No, I'm good. Scott. I just said I'm good. Oh, good night. <laughs> Look, I just said I'm good. That's <laughs> <laughs> more than you want from me. Thank you.